Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Sister Wives, Season 3, Episode 7, July 4th Rebellion. This episode, there is a lot more going on than the last episode, thankfully. We see the fighting between the Brown kids and Robin's kids, and Robin mentions how the families aren't blended smoothly. And she says if she can't cement these two families together, Dayton will have the option of choosing to live with his bio dad. Robin cries over it. She clearly wants to blame the Brown kids just in case her kids decide to live with their bio dad instead of her. This is the birth of the seed of the us versus them mentality we see so blatantly in later seasons that Robin perpetuates. That it's she and her kids and Cody against the rest of the family and no one accepts her. They're mean girls. They bully, blah, blah, blah. This is the birth of the seed of the us versus them mentality that we see. We also see Hunter's depression from the move to Vegas that's causing a lot of anger for him and resentment. And that is coined by Cody as Hunter thinking he is God. That's according to Cody. He feels Hunter is a raging teen, full of testosterone, just flowing, raging, getting angry. He seems to completely dismiss Hunter's suffering and his sadness and his emotional troubles, talking Hunter's mental state up to him just being a bratty teen. Also, Mary takes parenting of Christine and Janelle's kids into her own hands without consulting the moms first. And Christine doesn't agree with the way Mary handled things. Let's get into this episode. It starts over at Christine's. Christine gathers the kids. It's so hot that she's going to attempt to fry an egg on the hot pavement, right on the asphalt in a frying pan. Cody comments that Vegas is boiling on the 4th of July. Christine is trying to fry an egg on the sidewalk, but it didn't work. Christine thinks the neighbors will think that she is nuts over this experiment. She's shocked that it's over 100 degrees out, but the egg just doesn't cook. The Browns are all going to go camping this weekend. Cody calls the heat oppressive, so they're going to head out to Big Bear Lake in California to get away from the heat. And they're headed out early in the morning, but tonight, Christine's daughter, Isabel, and Robin's daughter, Brianna, are moving into Mary's house. Isabel has been nagging her mom. They've been butting heads. She wants to stay with Mary. So Christine took Isabel to go shopping for skirts because apparently Brianna wears a lot of skirts. And it's interesting that Isabel wants to emulate Brianna and her style of dress. I wonder, is it because Brianna gets more attention from Cody? And Isabel maybe wishes that she got that attention. So maybe she thinks that if she is more like Brianna and she dresses more like her, her dad might pay her more attention. I don't know, it's just speculation. It's hard to know because Isabel is just an elementary school aged kid here. But we know in the past season during the group FaceTime from Hell that Cody spoke with Brianna about not attending class in person so that he could still associate with her and see her. Cody had a talk with Brianna. He let her know he wants to spend time with her. And if she chooses in-person class, that may not be an option per his strict COVID protocols. And we learned from Christine that Cody didn't bother to have the same talk with Isabel 
where he would advise her not to attend in-person class or suggests that if she refused to do that, he would refuse to see her. Christine mentioned how Isabel would have loved that communication and clarification from Cody, but instead of treating it the same as with Brianna and talking to Isabel the way he did with Brianna, Cody said he had no problem with Isabel attending class, and he didn't let her know if she chose in-person class that he would never come around. It made Isabel sad. It hurt Isabel, just like Cody refusing to attend her surgery or Cody refusing to help Isabel move to North Carolina hurt her. So one has to wonder, even as a child, if Isabel was trying to emulate Brianna because she wished she was getting the same level of attention from her dad that Brianna got. Brianna found out that Isabel was moving in with Mary, we learn, and so she wanted to move in with Mary too. Janelle wants to know whose idea it was first, but she guesses this staying at Mary's house was Isabel's idea. Cody says it was his idea because Christine gets disrespect from Isabel. And it's the funniest thing, Cody says. Of course, Christine doesn't think her issues with Isabel are the funniest thing, but Isabel is excited to stay over at Mary's. As Isabel is packing to leave, Christine asks if Isabel will come home if she misses her a lot. And Isabel says, maybe. Christine says that she and Isabel butt heads a lot. She knows it's ridiculous to butt heads with an eight-year-old, but they do. And now look at it. Isabel and Christine are like besties. They're so close. And Isabel really seemed to support her mom and Christine really supported Isabel through her surgery. So they've really become each other's close close confidants and good friends. So their relationship has come a long way. An eight-year-old Isabel comments that she doesn't get along well with her mom. She doesn't get along with her mom as well as she does with Mary. Christine says that Isabel is very obedient and she's very sweet with Mary. And Christine knows that Isabel always respects Mary. And Isabel knows that there are rules she has to follow at Mary's house. And there are things that Mary can give Isabel that Christine says she can't. When Christine was younger, she points out that she had two moms. Of course, she grew up in polygamy. And her other mom was close to Christine. She talked to Christine. She told Christine she needed to be nicer to her mom. And she spent a lot of time with Christine. And she helped Christine to learn how to be nicer to her mom. Mary jokes that Cody sees her as giving relief to Christine as an opportunity, like they're using Mary for something. And she's joking, of course, that Cody is using this as an opportunity and Christine is using this as an opportunity. Of course, we know Mary loves having the kids over as much as often. She loves the company. Leo is helping their mom set up a room for the girls. They're moving all the stuff in this spare room into the garage. Mary says that she and Leo have decided to have Isabel and Brianna come and live with them. So they are cleaning out the room and making it into a little girl's room. They are redecorating the room to make it fun for the girls. Cody says that there isn't a coined term for a sister wife's children, another mom's children or anything like that. Robin refers to them as bonus children and Christine loves that. Robin feels like my sister wife's children or referring to her sister wife's kids as my husband's other children sounds distant. She doesn't like it. 
And Cody says, it sounds different. Every bit of it has degrees of separation. So Cody doesn't like the terms, my sister wife's children or my husband's other children. Cody wants something that says, these kids are mine. They just didn't come out of me, but they're still mine. And Mary says she always refers to all the kids in the family as her kids or as my kids. It's very interesting, though, that Cody doesn't like his wife's sister wives or his wife's sister wife's kids or the kids of other moms to be referred to as my sister wife's kids or my husband's other children. It's different, he says. It's distant. It's too separate. Yet, as we know, Cody himself has a long-standing habit of referring to his kids with every ex-wife but Robin as solely the mom's kids. He refers to Christine's kids as Christine's kids or Janelle's kids. It's never our kids or my kids with Cody when referring to any other wife or ex-wife's kids but Robin's. Only Robin's kids does Cody take ownership of. Some of the adult kids have even commented that they noticed this. They note that distinction with their dad and they're aware of it. Cody's complaining here that he doesn't like the difference and the distance and the distinction of saying my sister wife's kids for another wife's kids or my husband's other kids for his wives. He wants everyone to take ownership of the kids as if all of the kids are all theirs. Yet Cody himself distances. He hesitates himself from taking ownership with any kids but Robin's. Next, Brianna is packing her bags to move into Mary's house. And Robin lets it be known that her ulterior motive of Brianna moving in with Mary is to not let Mary have empty nest syndrome. Robin says that Mary thinks she is going to become an empty nester and she wants to go play and do whatever she wants in her life. And Robin and her white headband say, Mary can't not be a mommy anymore. Robin says it's just Mary and Leo most of the time and Leo does their own thing and Leo's going to be gone off to college in a couple of years. So Robin says her evil plan is to manipulate Mary with Brianna and her kids to keep Mary involved with the family so Mary doesn't go off and maybe pursue her dreams. Part of Robin's evil plan maybe to manipulate Mary with Brianna and her kids in order to maybe have Mary give the proceeds from her Vegas house to buy her McMansion or to emotionally manipulate Mary or to get Mary's heartstrings tugged at, to pull at Mary's emotions, to pull at her heartstrings, to push for the legal divorce. So finally, Cody can adopt Robin's kids and Robin can become the coveted legal wife. And then she can maybe move to a community state where if she chooses to leave Cody, She'll not only not have any debt that she came into the marriage with, but she will be set for life living in a community property state. 50-50, baby. Maybe that had something to do with her move to Flagstaff. She's basically using her kids to manipulate Mary for what's to come so that she can get that legal wife status. And she's using her kids as manipulation tools in this situation to get what she wants. According to Robin, her evil plan is to keep Mary busy with her kids so that she stays incorporated and involved with the family. 
Now, Brianna is moving in with Mary temporarily, not every day, but for some days. That's how Brianna puts it, not every day, but some days. She's just as articulate as her mother. Mary says that she and Leo had a lot of fun redecorating that spare bedroom, getting it ready for the girls. And Mary shows the girls their bedroom and they love their room. They're ecstatic. Brianna is shrieking at the top of her lungs. She's very hyper. Isabel is gracious, just like her mom. She says, thank you. You can tell she's very grateful. Christine feels like maybe people think that she is being a bad parent because she is dishing off a child. And Robin says, in reality, it's a perk of the lifestyle. Robin and Christine say goodbye to their kids. And Christine says, Isabel being able to move in with Mary is a perk of polygamy. Of course, because in the earlier seasons, they had to sell, sell, sell like they were peddling shamwows. Christine says, maybe it sounds completely weird, but she says maybe Isabel was supposed to come to Mary, but accidentally she came to her. So accidentally, Isabel came to Christine when she was meant for Mary. And Robin asks, maybe Isabel is for Mary's pile. And Christine wonders. I think that's a little weird, but I know in their faith, they believe in fate and destiny. So who knows? Mary offers the very hyper Brianna more sugar. She offers the girls ice cream sandwiches and the girls are super excited. Cody asks if the girls went to sleep very easily and Mary responds that they weren't too bad, but Mary jokingly says she doesn't know if she is up for this. She really seems to have her hands full and those girls are super excited and super hyper. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Next up, brown family drama between Hunter and his brood. It's early morning and the family is going camping in Big Bear. The family, according to Cody, is super excited, even though a lot of the teenagers aren't excited. Cody says since Vegas is hotter than stink on the 4th of July, they are getting out of these mountains, heading for Big Bear Lake in California. It's 5 a.m. and Cody hopes to be loaded in an hour and to be on the road. Now, based on Brown family time in previous episodes, I sincerely doubt it. The Browns are loading up the U-Haul and Christine remembers a time when all the kids were younger and she says people would say to them, having these kids so close together that they would regret it when all the kids were teenagers. And the camera cuts to Hunter and Gabe fighting. Christine says she thought whatever at the time, but she remembered being back in Utah and realizing 
all the kids were teenagers now. McKelty, full of sarcasm, says she is super excited to go camping. Maddie wants to go back to sleep. Christine says she constantly has at least one cranky teenager on her hands. Cody says that the teens have this hormonal issue and they have minds of their own and they get angry for no reason at all. I wouldn't say it's no reason at all. Their whole world got turned upside down with Robin coming into the family, with filming the show, with having to move under false pretenses. So they're angry. They don't like Vegas. They're resentful. It's not just that the teens have a hormonal issue. It's that they have emotional issues. They might be anxious or angry or harbor resentment. They might be depressed from this move and nobody's addressing it. And Cody's chalking it up to a hormonal issue with the teens where they get angry for no reason at all when that's not necessarily the full picture. Maddie says that a lot of them are unhappy here in Vegas, a lot of the older kids. And when they're unhappy, they tend to butt heads faster, they tend to be irritated, and they tend to be more edgy, and so they fight more. In this Brown family caravan of cars, as always, Cody is driving his two-door, two-seater luxury convertible as the rest of the Brown wives and kids pack into four other vehicles. On road trips, the wives get, are we there yet? And I'm hungry and I need the bathroom. And Cody gets to chill and listen to a podcast or call his friends or listen to the radio or listen to an audiobook, or he gets to meditate. Cody gets to do whatever he wants. He bought a car that only he and maybe one or two other people can fit in. Once, I believe Cody said, driving was his meditation. He says he likes to drive. Maybe Cody requires alone time on most family trips because he doesn't like the bother of the nagging kids. And maybe that's why he got that two-door sports car. And maybe that's what his wives are for. They get to deal with the kids and he gets a nice quiet ride with the windows down and the radio up while his wives probably experience a road trip from hell. Maybe that's why Cody got the family unfriendly two-door with intention knowing that on these family road trips, he'd be off the hook if he took his own car. Mary says she thinks that the teens feel justified in their anger because of the move. They don't want to be in Vegas right now. Janelle says her kids have been acting out more and she can see Hunter struggling in himself with the anger. She says this has been an ongoing thing and it still isn't resolved. Janelle doesn't know what to do with this person that Hunter has become. In confessional, Hunter says he doesn't like it here in Vegas. He doesn't like anything here. Maddie says, you are just stuck in this hellhole of Vegas. Listen, childhood moves can be very traumatic and stressful on children, uprooting them from what constitutes their whole life and their whole world, school and their friends they grew up with unless it is absolutely necessary, can be very stressful and very traumatic. And it can make a kid anxious or very withdrawn or depressed, just like we see in Hunter and somewhat in Maddie. As we recall, Hunter spent most of his time in his room when they first moved to Vegas. He went from having lots of friends and being a star athlete to moving to a new place in a new school while his family is on a reality show regarding polygamy and he became very depressed, not wanting to participate fully in life at that point. It's a lot to deal with and it's a lot to go through, especially for a teenager. 
Maddie seems anxious herself. She seems depressed. None of the older kids look very happy, and a lot of them have been very vocal about how unhappy they are in Vegas. Cody was very manipulative, too. He got the kids united and moving by instilling fear in them, essentially manipulating them. He told them, if we don't move, the family gets ripped apart. We can't be together. And they had to move with no closure, no goodbye, and no warning when the situation really wasn't that urgent and the situation that they were in of their family being separated wasn't really the realistic truth. Cody uprooted four other adults and 16 kids for a storyline and he moved everyone to a place that may well have been a foreign country compared to Utah, all while filming a reality show. That's a lot for a kid to deal with and now we see the mental health effects that it had on the kids. When Cody talked to Hunter about his depression and how it seemed Hunter had just thrown in the towel and given up on life, Cody said he could not understand why Hunter would just quit. It didn't seem like Cody or even Janelle fully understood why Hunter was angry or why he was sad or why he felt the emotions he did, why he was so withdrawn. When Janelle had the party for the older kids at her house, the pool party, she couldn't understand why Hunter refused to participate. Instead, he sat up in his room playing video games, and then he walked to Christine's house to hang out with Truly. Christine, though, understood that Hunter was depressed and that he needed stability and that he needed familiarity, he needed comfort, and she understood that baby Truly might be the best therapy for him. Christine didn't pester Hunter about giving up on life. She didn't criticize Hunter for the way he was feeling or the way he was acting. Instead, Christine just let Hunter be, and she seemed to listen without criticizing Hunter. She just had understanding. She just had empathy. And Hunter didn't need a pep talk. Hunter didn't need to be lectured. Hunter didn't need to be asked why he wanted to give up. Hunter just needed understanding, And Christine, his other mom, was really able to give Hunter that. So Hunter's anger that Janelle mentions probably stems from the resentment of the unnecessary move that caused him all of this anguish and frustration. Of course, the wives and Cody are headed to the campsite. And Cody mentions that their campsite is two miles from town. And he says it's no problem, but they didn't know it was all switchbacks and 10 miles of dirt road. And Cody says they came to a stop around the bend and there was a creek. And Cody was worried about bottoming out on this creek. Now, it's not a creek. It's maybe barely two and a half, three feet of water. Cody was worried that some big boulder would high center the middle of his sports car. Hunter wants Cody to go right through because the kids are getting out, they're checking the water, and Hunter thinks Cody can get right through. And Cody mentions that his sports car, his precious, it's very old and worn out, yet it's sturdy, so Cody decides he's going to drive her through the lake. Cody jokes, and he says, we all think that his hair is his fifth wife, but his sports car is his fifth wife. Mary is worried. She asks Cody what they will do, how they're going to get across, And Cody isn't going to leave his car there to be vandalized. Janelle thought Cody was crazy to think that he could get his car across the water. And Cody says they were all blocking traffic with their caravan. It was getting nutty. The kids were getting out of cars. And Cody insisted he wasn't leaving his precious 
midlife crisis sports car there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Christine was done waiting. She was tired of talking. She got in her car. She was brave and courageous, and she just drove across the water. No problem. Hunter tells Cody where he should cross the water since Hunter investigated, and Cody says... They're almost to the campsite, but then they found this huge stream that they have to cross, and they don't know if they're all going to get through, but Christine was brave. She got tired of overanalyzing the situation. She got in her car. She drove through the water, and it was all good. Now, Christine is exhilarated. She says it was an adrenaline rush. It was a thrill, and Cody wonders now if his sports car can do it, the little engine that couldn't. He seems very worried about his midlife crisis car and anything happening to her. Now, I thought Cody said he was an alpha male. An alpha male would love the adventure. They would go for it, kind of like the way Christine did. I love how adventurous Christine is. She wasn't worried about her precious car. Christine reassures Cody not to worry. She thinks his sports car can make it through. So Cody gives it a go, and his two-door makes it through the two to maybe three feet of water, if that. These people are acting like they are about to drive through torrential floods, Noah's Ark style. It's barely two to three feet of water. Cody encourages everyone to get in their cars and cross the flood as if he's the hero shepherding them all to safety. Cody says it was fun crossing the water. It was exhilarating for him. In the end, it was rewarding. And Hunter complains that they should have been at their campground a while ago. He's impatient to get there. And Janelle says they had no idea that the campground was this far out. And she advises Hunter to just relax and roll with it or he will have a really miserable trip. Finally, the Browns get to the San Bernardino campground and Cody wants everyone to unload the wood and pick 10 spots. Mary says it's been a long day. The kids were really tired. They were bored with all the driving all day. They were hungry, so a lot of the kids had an attitude problem. Leo thinks this is ridiculous. Leo says they don't want to be here right now. Maddie says this is stupid that they are camping. She doesn't like it. She says you get dirty, you get wet, and you get nasty, and bugs bite you. And Cody says delusionally that they're having a good time. The kids are having fun. I noticed this episode during the confessional scene that the wives are all into the long sleeve phase with the tank tops on top. Janelle, Mary, and Christine are going for three-quarter length sleeves, and Robin has a t-shirt on with full long sleeves underneath it, and supposedly they are in July, although they do film the confessional scenes later, but it's probably late summer in Vegas in the middle of the desert. So the modesty thing must be a real bitch. Cody says he's having a good time and he thinks the kids are having fun. He says any whining of former days is over now because according to delusional Cody, because the kids like being here camping, the whining is done. And he says all it takes is roasted hot dogs and roasted marshmallows 
and the kids stop whining. That's Cody's parental assessment. The kids whined and bitched and moaned about how this is ridiculous, how camping is stupid, how they don't want to be here. And the moms are the ones who have to deal with the attitudes and the fights and the bickering and the back and forth and the requests for drinks and the requests for snacks and for restrooms and for this and for that. And of course, Cody is happy and having fun. He got a quiet, docile drive in his two-door midlife crisis car as the wives did the parenting and caught all the teenaged angst. Cody thinks the kids are happy because they seem calm now, and he attributes it to roasted hot dogs and marshmallows, when really the teenagers are just tired and they have accepted their destiny that they're in fact stuck camping where they don't want to be. I doubt they are happy about it like Cody assumes. Logan, the most parentified child of the bunch, warns the camp the next morning that breakfast is getting cold. And Mary announces that today is Independence Day, the 4th of July. And Mary turns to cameras and she wishes viewers a happy Independence Day. And Christina's laughing at Mary. She calls her a dork. Janelle is going to take some of the kids in the SUV to go fishing. And Cody, the alpha male, is going with his three other wives and all of his kids to go to town for a filming opportunity. They're going to walk around the lake. If Cody is such an alpha male, you would think he would be out fishing with Janelle and the kids or building the campfire or doing survivor style manly things. But this alpha male is headed to town to walk around the boardwalk and check out the lake with his wives and kids as Janelle takes the kids fishing in nature. Cody says later on that the family is getting back together to go jet skiing. Janelle explains that they had breakfast and Hunter was very excited and he was impatient to get to fishing. It's already 10 a.m. and Hunter wants to hurry. He knows how long his family takes to get ready and to get moving and he is in a pissy mood. Janelle says that everybody is taking a really long time to get ready or decide where they're going. And so she has to wait around for everyone so that the people who want to go fishing can leave with her. Hunter is getting super frustrated and super pissy. And Janelle tells him to get going and to find stuff to put away if he wants things to be expedited. And Hunter asks what they're all doing since everyone seems to be dilly-dallying. And Janelle suggests that Hunter just ignore what everyone else is doing and he can get to work and get the chairs in the trailer. Hunter seems super depressed and very resentful and very angry. So the fact that he is really excited and rubbed up and enthusiastic about fishing is a plus. If I was Janelle, I would take it and run with it and reciprocate his enthusiasm at this point because Hunter doesn't get excited about a lot at this time. He said minutes ago that he doesn't really like anything during a confessional scene. And when a person is super depressed or down or anxious, they don't find joy in the things that they used to. So the fact that Hunter wants to do this and he is so passionate about going fishing is great. And I would really try and humor him with it because he really seems to be going through a lot after this move to Vegas, more than most of the other teenagers in the family. It would have been great if Cody took the time to go off fishing with Hunter to give him some time and attention and understanding. That probably would have really, really, really pleased Hunter. Hunter asks what putting the chairs in the trailer will help. And Janelle says Hunter has complained every 10 minutes that they will never get out of there because Hunter knows his family. He knows how long they take to get ready and to get moving and he's ready to go. Hunter tells Janelle he knows 
they never will. They're never going to get out. And Janelle says Hunter sees that Mary and Robin are sitting at their tent. They're putting on makeup. They're dilly-dallying. And it makes him angry because it's delaying his departure for fishing. Hunter tells his mom that Mary and Robin are the ones over there putting on makeup. Janelle has no sympathy. She tells Hunter to do the good and right thing, which probably just enrages him even more. He's a teenage boy who hates his life after the move. He's resentful and angry and he's sad and depressed and he's stressed. And he got dragged on this camping trip with five adults and 16 siblings on a road trip from hell he does not want to be on. And he is finally excited about something, fishing. And he has to wait for the whole family to get ready to decide if they are fishing or hiking so that he can leave. He has probably been ready for hours. He sees Mary and Robin putting on makeup and people dilly-dallying and it infuriates him. Janelle tells Hunter it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. He needs to do the good and right thing. This boy just needs attention. I don't think he needs a lecture. I think he needs some support. Aspen is very snarky and she tells Hunter full of attitude that if he wants, he can go put on some makeup to take up his time till everyone is ready. Janelle tells Hunter if he wants everything to be equal, then he can just go put on some makeup. I understand Hunter is angry. He's full of rage and resentment and he has a negative attitude, but mentally and emotionally, he is really going through a lot and antagonizing him and belittling him and mocking his anger or his angst will only make him feel worse and it will make him feel completely misunderstood and like he isn't supported and like he isn't valued. So when Aspen kind of ridiculed Hunter, I was surprised to see Janelle second it and pile on. Under the surface of this angry kid is a very sad teenager who barely has a spark in him. And he was passionate about going fishing. So I think it wouldn't kill Janelle to humor Hunter since there is so little he is excited about in Vegas. Hunter is a great kid and he's been through a lot. This move really affected him. And Janelle and Cody have seemed very dismissive of his suffering and his emotional state. And Janelle even made the comment, I don't know why he doesn't want to be engaged with the teen's pool party. When he went to Christine's and he played video games instead in his room rather than socialize. Her comment is, I don't know why he just won't. No one seems to really understand the emotions that Hunter is going through. Christine seems to be the only one who really gets it. And it seems Mary also has some understanding of the teen's emotions as well. Cody seems very dismissive of his kids and their emotional issues, and he also seems to be delusional. He just believes whatever is most convenient for him and whatever is easiest for him to believe. He also seems to be having a terrible hair day. His hair is super crazy and messy in this episode. Did Cody forget his plethora of hair care products in Vegas? I have never seen this level of wackadoo bedhead on Cody yet, ever. This might be one of the worst hair days we have ever seen, but we also can't forget his hair during the moving pitch when he announced the move to Flagstaff in a mania. He says Hunter is a raging testosterone monster, and he says Hunter has the attitude of my parents are stupid and I am God. I disagree. Hunter isn't having this negative attitude because he is narcissistic or because he feels superior or because he has an ego problem. 
I don't think he's just being a classic bratty teenager either. I think Hunter is seriously depressed and he might have anxiety and none of his negative attitude or resentment or anger towards his parents is about an ego or a God complex. But as usual, Cody has it wrong. He also called Peyton a narcissist and if I'm not mistaken, he also accused Gabe of having an ego before. Cody always projects himself erroneously on his sons. We know that Cody's boys aren't narcissists. I feel Cody is a narcissist and I feel Cody has a huge ego and Cody definitely has a God complex. But it's interesting that he is accusing Hunter of being the one who thinks he's a God, turning his nose at them. That's the excuse for Hunter's depression and his withdrawn state and his anxiety and his resentment. In Cody's mind, Hunter is narcissistic, Hunter feels superior, Hunter is egotistical. It's not that Hunter is actually suffering emotionally as a result of being uprooted unnecessarily. Instead of Cody being understanding and acknowledging his son's suffering and emotional hardship, caused by a move for a reality TV storyline, he is totally blaming Hunter for having a God complex. He is blaming Hunter for his emotional issues to completely remove any accountability from himself as the father. It's really low to blame a child for their own depression or suffering or to blame it on their narcissism so that it doesn't have to be addressed. Hunter says maybe everyone should get off their lazy butts like him. Janelle warns Hunter to listen to her and she gets stern with him and she tells Hunter he is talking about the adults and he better never speak disrespectful like that again. She tells Hunter he better watch it and he needs to respect the adults. The camera pans over to Robin putting on her makeup. Janelle says there have been some issues going on with Hunter accepting Robin. Robin thinks that in Hunter's mind, he is looking at her going, you are not my mom, you are not my dad's wife. Robin says this came out of nowhere as far as she was concerned. They were all trying to blend their families and everything. And as adults, they're sitting there wondering, what do we do with this? Hunter resents Robin in my opinion because when Robin came into the picture, he noticed a big change in the family dynamic and a big change in... Cody and his investment level with all of the moms and kids other than Robin and her kids. Hunter noticed Cody spending most of his time at Robin's and he noticed Cody get very invested in and attached to Robin's kids as he sees himself and all of his other siblings and all of Cody's wives, all of Hunter's moms get neglected and invested in less and less as Robin and her kids get the lion's share of Cody's attention. When Cody is around, he phones it in. He isn't engaged. He isn't invested the way he is at Robin's. And he isn't doing equal time anymore at this point. And the less time Cody spends with his kids, the less attuned to them he is emotionally and otherwise. Hunter was uprooted and he may not have had all of the support he needed. And out of all of the kids, this move to Vegas really affected Hunter the most. Hunter suffered the most. This was hardest for him. This new woman came into the family. She changed everything. And Hunter could probably see that Cody favored Robin's kids. 
he favored Robin and he probably saw Robin and her inauthentic behavior and her manipulative ways and Hunter began to resent Robin for changing everything. Plus, he is dealing with depression and maybe anxiety. And instead of the adults and his siblings having empathy and understanding, and instead of parents who understand his emotions and what he is going through, he is getting Cody say that, oh, the problem is Hunter's testosterone. The problem is Hunter is a bratty teen. Hunter thinks he's a god. Hunter acts superior. He's all ego. He's narcissistic. So of course, Hunter is being negative and he's resentful and he's being mean and he may be talking down to everyone when really, yes, maybe he is being a brat in some sense, but he is also suffering very deeply and receiving very little compassion for what is going on underneath all of his anger. And Cody was very dismissive of Hunter's depression and of Hunter's emotions. Janelle didn't understand why Hunter didn't want to just socialize and join the pool party earlier this season. There doesn't seem to be a deep understanding of Hunter's mindset. It gets classified as Hunter thinking he is God or Hunter being angry again. Oh, it's that rage and teenage boy testosterone and all that angst. When maybe that's a small factor in Hunter's behavior, but I doubt it's the real issue. Now again, tells Hunter to get up and work and do what's right. Also, Robin seems to think that just because she married Cody, with no real effort that all of Cody's kids will just accept her automatically and she will just be their mother and the families will just magically be blended with the snap of a finger and she will be loved and adored throughout the prairie dog playlands and they lived happily ever after. Now, Robin may have put that on her vision board. It may not be what Robin pictured in her mind, but this is real life. It's not a Hallmark movie. And just because she married Cody, it doesn't make her all of the kids mom automatically. It doesn't make the kids feel the bond that they would for a mom. It doesn't get her automatic love and respect. I think Robin feels entitled to that and she expects it with no effort and no work from her as if by magic. She assumed that's how it would be. She didn't anticipate having to forge friendships and build relationships with Cody's other kids who have been together since their birth with the three moms and one dad. Robin just came in feeling entitled, expecting her place to be a given, and that is her mistake. Hunter asks if Mary and Robin putting on their makeup and dilly-dallying is doing what's right, if they are doing what's right. And Janelle says she wants Hunter to do what is right and good, regardless of what everybody else is doing. Again, Janelle asks Hunter to get up to move the chairs into the trailer for the third time. Logan is overhearing this and he looks smug as fuck and he looks pissed. And you can tell he is the sheriff of the family who wants to come in and police everything. Logan is so parentified and so he probably feels superior as if he is better than Hunter and some of the rest of the kids as if he can have authority over them, as if Hunter is the problem child and he is better. And that possibly might cause resentment between Hunter and Logan. We even know last season that Janelle had mentioned she made Hunter and Logan walk around all day holding hands until they made up. Hunter says the adults try to lecture them, but it never really works. Maddie says that 
all the adults think the kids are disrespectful and selfish. Logan, the people pleaser, teacher's pet, is aggravated at the rest of the teenager's attitudes. He tells Maddie it's because they are disrespectful and selfish. And Hunter thanks Logan for yelling during the teenager's confessional scene. There seems to be a lot of tension between Logan, the do-gooder, who thinks he's the leader, and the rest of the teenagers. Logan tells Hunter to think about it, and he says, Hunter is selfish and disrespectful. Aspen and Leo are laughing at this exchange, and Hunter asks, how so? Logan mimics Hunter, and he asks, Mom, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to ground me? Are you going to take away my phone? Mom, okay, do it. I don't care. And Logan mimics Hunter in a threatening, bratty tone. He's totally mocking Hunter. And Logan tells Hunter that that is disrespect, and he's righteously pointing his finger in indignation. Hunter tells Logan, settle down, Johnny Appleseed. Nell says, Hunter has been pestering her so much about going fishing. He wants everyone fishing to get into the suburban pronto. And Janelle at this point was at her breaking point. She couldn't take it anymore. So Janelle and the kids who were fishing left first before everyone really got to decide. And Janelle mentions that Dayton, Aurora, and Brianna Robbins' kids and herself that they haven't had a lot of time to hang out together, so she's going to take them fishing with her. Janelle mentions that they don't have a lot in common. Janelle's children are different ages than Dayton, Aurora, and Brianna. They get together as a family, but Janelle hasn't had one-on-one time together with Robin's kids, so Janelle says it was fun that they shared fishing together, and Janelle thinks that they will go fishing more. Christine and the rest of the Browns went for a hike near Big Bear Lake. Cody is fascinated by the giant trees. Cody and McKelty even hug a tree together. Next, the Browns all go jet skiing together on the lake. And then the family goes out for pizza where there is major drama. Gabe is a comedian. He and Garrison get out of the car first. And he announces men first, the way people normally say ladies first, as a courtesy. Cody, of course, is driving in his two-door. Robin reveals that she was just standing there and all of a sudden, her daughter Brianna comes up to her, screaming at the top of her lungs, saying, Peyton hit her in the eye. And Robin responded with, what? Robin is very articulate, as usual. Robin mentions that they have had some problems with Peyton and Garrison picking on her little kids. Some of the family is arguing and crying over this kerfuffle and Cody shouts at Peyton that he poked Brianna in the eye and he shouts, are you kidding me? And Mary says that these kids have been doing this for way too long and way too much and she says something needed to be said now. So Mary doesn't consult the other moms who are present. Mary takes matters into her own hands without consulting any of the other adults. And she tells all the kids that Robin's kids are their brothers and sisters, whether they like it or not. And she yells that they better start treating them like it. Yes, forcing titles and forcing a sibling relationship, demanding it, that is the way to truly cultivate that sibling love and that blended family. Force it, that's the way. Mary starts yelling 
Don't give me that. I see it when Hunter has some attitude back to Mary. And Mary says it's passed down as she singles out some of the older kids and she points to them individually and she says it's from how you and you and you and you and basically all of Cody's kids treat each other. Mary shouts that it's absolutely ridiculous. She is tired of it. Mary gets snarky and she says no one gets involved looking at the other moms to support her to get involved. No one backs her up and she's really pissed that she's alone for the ride. She asks for them to get involved and everyone kind of just stands there. Mary shouts about none of the other moms getting involved and none of the other moms backing her up. Christine looks absolutely pissed in the background. And Mary tells her sister wives that she is just saying she would like to have a little backup here from them, the moms, and no one steps in. Mary reiterates that if anybody backs her up and she has her hands in the air, she's shouting, she's annoyed that the other moms don't join in to her defense. Mary addressed all the kids with the moms present without first talking to the moms about how they want this larger issue addressed of Cody's kids fighting with Robin's kids or the blending of the families. It's Mary's place to deal with her child. It's not her place to address Christine's kids and Janelle's kids with such a large issue without first at least discussing with Christine and Janelle how they all want to address this. Christine says to her the timing of Mary's discipline was completely off. Mary talking to the kids and yelling at them and getting after them. Mary isn't happy with that criticism and she asks Christine during confessional with all the wives and Cody present, she says, so it's best to just let things slide where kids are being mean to other kids? She asks, so it's good to just let that go, cynically? And Christine says, she would have preferred to have just been able to talk to Peyton because she didn't know that anybody else was involved in this specific incident. And it has to do really with Christine's kids. So in my opinion, it's Christine's place to do the lecturing and the scolding. It's not Mary's place at all, in my opinion. However, in confessional with all the wives, Cody backs Mary. Cody says he was so angry that if Mary had not done this, he would have gathered up all the kids and taken them all back to the campsite and the night would have been over. Of course, Cody gets real invested and real engaged and really passionate if it involves Robin's kids. But we never see him get irate. We never see him get passionate. We never see him get all stirred up when Robin doesn't hesitate to put down his kids, particularly Janelle's sons. That's no problem for Cody. He doesn't get stirred up about that because those kids are Janelle's kids. And those kids refuse to kiss the ring and kiss the flower-scented ass of the queen, warts and all. Christine asks Mary if she thinks her lecture did any good with the kids. And Mary says she very much disagrees with Christine that it was bad timing for her to talk to the kids. And Hunter says his family fights so much because no one likes Vegas. Maddie says they were basically chased out of Utah. I wonder what she thinks of that now, now that she's a grown adult with kids of her own. I wonder if she realizes that they weren't chased out of Utah, that it was more about a storyline. 
That's what Cody wanted them to think, that they were chased out of Utah. So all the kids and all of the teens would get behind moving for a storyline. The Browns, in my opinion, were not chased out of Utah. Maddie says they had to move to Vegas because they had to move somewhere where they don't know anyone, anyone but Robin's family, of course, because as we know, Robin's dad worked in Vegas and lived there apparently, which might be one reason for the move to Vegas of all places. Patty says they don't know anyone in Vegas. They don't have any family in Vegas. They don't have anything. And Maddie says that the kids know Dayton, Aurora, and Brianna come from a different family, but she says you can't tell them to change. So basically, Robin is probably wanting all the kids to change how they are with her kids, and she's saying you can't tell us to change. Maddie says they are making changes, and Robin's kids have to make changes as well, and Hunter agrees. Logan says it was a situation and he says you can't expect a massive amount of change to come along without situations boiling over and that's what happened. Logan is like the wise old soul. He knows that there will be major growing pains even at his age. I think because he was parentified, he became extremely wise and extremely mature beyond his years. Robin says she sees the difference of treatment with Dayton or Brianna and she waited a year thinking it would change, but Robin doesn't really see it completely changing. It seems to me like Robin expects everyone to shift and change and adapt for her and her kids, but she doesn't expect her kids to maybe be more independent or learn to adapt or maybe grow a thicker skin too. Her joining the family and the blending of the families and the changing dynamics and the reality show and the filming and the cameras and the move, it's a lot for the brown adults and it's even more for the brown kids. And we have to remember the Browns operated with three moms and one dad and 13 kids for 16 years before Robin came into the picture changing all they ever knew. So it would probably take much more than a year for a seamless blend of the families and full integration and acceptance. But it seems Robin feels entitled to more than she should reasonably expect. And this is not the fault of the brown kids. Robin says she sees things getting worse in some cases with the dynamics between her kids and the others. She says if her kids don't feel like a part of this family, they can choose at a certain age to not be with her anymore. In other words, they can go with their bio dad and live with him. And here Robin's voice breaks as she says this. You can tell she's being manipulative and you can tell she better milk it so Cody can adopt her kids and she can get that legal wife status. Then when she achieves that, all she needs to secure her whole existence financially is a community property state and she found it in Arizona and she got her McMansion off of the backs of Janelle and Mary to boot. Now, Dayton, Aurora, and Brianna can choose to live with their bio dad. Robin only has a year and a half till Dayton turns 13 to blend the families to have Dayton feel like the Browns are his family so that he'll continue to live with her. 
So Robin is fighting back the ghost tears. It seems like if Dayton doesn't pick to live with her or choose Cody as his father, that she will place all of the blame on the brown kids for why he left her. But luckily, as we know, Dayton picks the Browns over his evil bio dad. And Robin still refuses to cut the apron strings. They move to Arizona just to be with Dayton, even though we learn from one of Peyton's interviews that all Dayton wanted was the normal college experience to move away from home, to be independent, to go off into the world and go to university alone. And Robin refused to do that. Instead, she uprooted the whole family. She insisted on moving to Arizona against Dayton's wishes to smother Dayton, even though he didn't want her there, according to an interview Payton did. Cody is concerned, he says, about problems arising that stem from bullying in his family. And Cody says he's at a loss. Cody figures that there are millions of other parents out there like him wondering what the heck to do with their kids. Yes, Cody, I am sure that there are millions of dads out there who explain to their depressed kids that they think that they are God and that's what the problem is, that they are raging teenagers full of testosterone. It's not depression. It's not a lack of support or understanding from their dad. Everyone can relate to that parent. The family has now gathered to watch the fireworks this fine 4th of July, and it's dark and windy, it's rainy, and Cody warns that if it pours and any one of the group wants out, that they all have to leave. Logan, acting like he's the dad, scolds Gabe and he tells him to stop kicking people. It starts pouring, so the family heads back to the vehicles as the fireworks start while they're making their way back to the cars. And Cody says, any day of his life could be like this, where they are struggling with the decision and they are struggling with how to manage. He says it's not easy. He explains that this 4th of July was a very disappointing day. They had a lot of frustration. And he says they have rough times. They have difficult vacations as a family. But in the end, they are still a family. Not anymore, really. Cody says, you still have to love each other and keep trudging along. That does it for this episode. To my YouTube viewers, please like, subscribe, and let me know your thoughts in the comment section if you like. If you're a podcast listener, feel free to rate my podcast and follow. I'll be back next week with the next episode of My Sister Wives Rewatch, Season 3, Episode 8, Another Wife. Thanks for listening. I'll see you soon. Bye.